Hurt takes the snap. He's back. He's going to run. He's in. Touchdown. Jalen Hurts. The Eagles are just devouring the Giants. And it is A.J. Brown again. Another touchdown. Welcome back to the Link Lineup. Uh, this is episode 14, the Riley Cooper episode. Um, we're going to talk about the, uh, the game we just watched. Uh, the Eagles beat the Washington Commanders 34-31. Um, yeah, so we're recording Sunday afternoon, about an hour and a half after the game. We're going to give you our uh, our first hot takes, you know, our first reactions, initial reactions, whatever you want to call it. Um. So Bryce, let's let's get this let's get this thing started. Uh, offensively, you know there were some bumps, there were some highs, there were some lows, and there was everything in between. Um, coming out of this game, what do you feel um, about the offense? <clears throat> so, um, I think this was the game the passing offense actually got it together. I mean, they looked passing offense looked great. Um, I will say. I didn't like some of the decisions, but Brian Johnson, because he like completely abandoned the run. Like well, he just remember he, like he was like, forget this shit. He gave the ball to Kenneth Game on third and eleven. He didn't abandon it completely. It's a fucking stupid decision, dude. What do we oh my god. But <laughs> seen a tweet, somebody was like, uh I did did DeAndre Swift just cuss out Brian Johnson or something, or what happened? Because, like, he is no longer, like, on the field and is not even seeing the field. But other than that, Jalen had a good game. I think he threw for over over 300 today. And 319, exactly. Had two touchdowns. Yep. And uh, no turnovers. That was the biggest thing. Uh, he looked good. Um, you actually saw a little emotion from Jalen after that AJ Brown touchdown, which dude, that shit got me hyped. I don't know about you, but like seeing Jalen actually fired up is he's just so like a calm, cool, collected person. Like he doesn't show any emotion in anything. And seeing that, that got me uh that got me ecstatic. But I think they played good today. I liked it. Yeah. Uh I feel I tweeted out Jalen's back um after what was it? It was a it was a deep pass. I think it was probably that uh AJ Brown on the sidelines, like dropping the bucket pass he had. But you know the offense, passing wise, you know they did okay. I feel like you can't complain. Um, AJ had nine for one seventy five. Devontae had seven for seventy eight, and that amazing catch um, wasn't like a uh, full on, like full on, like moss, as the cool kids would call it. But he got up there. He got up there. Oh yeah, he, he made the play. Um. There, we saw some things from DeAndre Swift lining up as a wide receiver um, on that the holding play. If oh, hit, Jamin, Jamin Davis was cooked. Cooked. Yeah. If uh, if Jalen hits him in stride, who knows where that goes. Uh, <laughs> and then Alameda's case, he uh, he did some things. He caught one pass over 11 it, yards. And that, that was a very needed catch. That was a very big catch. It definitely was. He, but he made some – he made – his impact was felt um, throughout the game. Um, he made some effort plays that yeah. AJ, at first AJ touchdown because you texted me about it. And it was like, did you see him? And I was like, no, I missed it. And then they showed the replay. And Buddy was in a dead full fucking sprint to go block somebody. And I was like, dude, that's what you need from a receiver. That's what you absolutely love to see from somebody. Yeah, because, you know, most receivers, in my opinion, would just be watching. Yeah. But – the the best part was when the first replay showed up, or even like in lot like real time, you see this number thirteen go across the screen just out of nowhere, <laughs> and he just makes he just goes trying to make a block, and you know his block wasn't like the the best, but like it was an effort block. He was down, he ran yeah. the whole field just to get down there and like secure the touchdown. It definitely it definitely affected AJ scoring that touchdown. It did, it did. Uh, AJ wanted that touchdown bad. AJ wanted everything. He he did everything he could to make sure that touchdown happened. Yeah. He was he was going left, right, straight, mm-hmm. whatever it took. He wanted to make sure he got a he got a yeah. touchdown finally. 
Big Boy was gassed too after that. They showed him on the sideline. He was he was a little gassed after that. Uh, he definitely was. Um, and what a great matchup between him and Emmanuel Forbes. Uh, not in the way where I think it was competitive. I think AJ won that uh, very like very easy. Uh, I do think Emmanuel Forbes is. I, like I said in the last pod, Bryce wasn't here, but I think AJ Brown outweighs him by 60, 70 pounds. Yeah. You could definitely tell on some place. Uh yeah. he couldn't bring AJ down. No. So uh, I I will give Emmanuel Forbes some credit. He did make some he he did make some plays on the ball uh today on a couple reps that he had against AJ. <clears throat> that I definitely feel like AJ probably should have won him, but Emmanuel Forbes definitely uh he made his presence there on some of them, but but he got cooked today. I'll, I'll just go ahead and say that because <laughs> I remember I've seen the thing on Twitter all day today is that he was very excited to see or play against like because like when he first got drafted, they did an interview with him and said, who's the person you want to go against in the NFL? And his first thing to say was Devontae Smith because Devontae Smith put up like two 250-something yards against them in college. And turns out he didn't get Devontae today. AJ Brown, <laughs> you don't get Devontae, and you turn around and your matchup is AJ Brown, and almost the same result. <laughs> so yeah. welcome to the NFL, bud. <laughs> and AJ, I believe he went to Ole Miss, right? So mm-hmm. Ole Miss, Mississippi State. So there might be something there, might not be, but you know, like I said, AJ won that matchup. Uh, and overall, the offense. They had, they had their ups and downs, but it was nice to see their ups, uh, especially whenever you see Jalen drop back in the pocket and just actually launch a ball, and it looks like it's going to somebody instead of, yeah. like, just Him standing nowhere. there. <laughs> You're like, are you going to throw the ball, or is just nobody open? Because yeah. that was, like, the biggest concern for me this in, entire year so far. Because you would sit there and watch him, and he's just standing there, standing there, standing there. I'm like, dude, nobody has to be open downfield. I like, I don't know what coverage that they're playing or just dropping everybody back in coverage that literally nobody is getting open. And that that was, like, the most concerning thing for me. I was like, oh, God, dude. Yeah, I think – so we're we're week four. We watched four games so far. You and I watched the – well, you we call it the All-22 camera um, at Tampa because, we you know, we were, we were in the nosebleeds. It feels like there's people that are open, but he's he's not just pulling the trigger right away. Uh, he seems hesitant to make a mistake, uh, but you know, at the end of the day, I still believe that he'll be okay and he'll 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 figure it out and he'll become, you know, Jalen of last year because that's what we need if we want to make a serious run, um, come playoff time. Uh, so like again, as we said, we, from week two, week three, week four, now it they took a step in the right direction, especially because yeah. you know we did have some. I mean, AJ had a 59-yard touchdown. That That's exciting. We haven't had that yet. Yeah. Uh, the closest thing was the Lombardi's case touchdown from last week. Um, but um, overall, pass offense did good. I would like to see Dallas Goddard more involved. He made he made some <clears throat> he catches up, but, you know, I'd like to see him more involved. Uh, I don't know what he, they're doing as far as scheme goes, but. Yeah. He had a tough catch against Cam Curl today. It just – Barely got over the tips of Cam Crow's fingers, which is I mean, a beautiful pass. That was that was a great throw, but uh, it was also in a big spot of the game where they it felt like they needed to convert a first down there. But um, like you said, I would definitely like to see him more involved. Um, as long as it's not some of these dumbass bubble screens that we continue to run in spots, I wish they would just trash that shit out of the playbook completely. I well, I hate watching it. Glad you mentioned that because that Devontae Smith bubble screen could have been a touchdown if he would have broke that tackle from uh, Kendall Kendall Fuller, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. If he if he would have broke that off, uh, we could have been talking about a big Devontae Smith game. But uh, you know, Kendall Fuller made that great play. Um, so we're we're here. We're, we're talking about bubble screens being ass. <laughs> um, but. Uh, you know, we talked about the, the pass game. Let's talk about the run game a little bit. Um, I feel like DeAndre Swift had. I feel like now that there's, you've seen success in the past couple of weeks. 
uh, with the run game, um, especially with Tinder Swift. Teams are going to focus on that more, uh, and this is where the passing game will open up a little bit. You know, Tinder Swift didn't have a, a wonderful game. It, four, it was 14-456 with a touchdown. His longest rush was eight yards. Um, but he's still effective, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because the broadcast brought it up, and they're like, he kind of looks like Le'Veon Bell. And I've said that since uh, week two is like, because he just kind of, he, he'll he'll stop and he'll like kind of yeah. wait. And he's real patient. Yes. And then he'll hit the whole hard and he's, he's hitting it quickly. Um, he's fun to watch. And I can't wait to see what they do. Uh, with him as far as the passing game goes as well, because like I said earlier, they lined up as a wide receiver. He made some plays. Um, but uh, I want to talk about this. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell had a fumble. It could have been a very, very bad fumble um, for a guy that the Eagles staff trusts and you know, you know they give him the ball in the games. He can't be filming the ball like that because there was only one Eagle around that ball, and it was Lane Johnson. Yeah. And thank God he was there. So can we like can we stop letting Kansas game with us the ball? Maybe give the ball to Boston Scott. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Um I don't I know we started out this podcast at the beginning of this year and training camp and stuff, and we were like, we love Kenny. There's like like this is no shot to him, but he doesn't need to be the starter. Um if you want more chances. I promise you, fumbling the ball right there is not a step in the right direction, especially when you got a guy like DeAndre Swift playing the way that he's playing. Um, There needs to be less times of Kenny, and DeAndre Swift needs to stay in the game uh, because I felt like there were some spots in the game today, especially towards the end in the fourth quarter, where you saw a couple runs from Kenny Gainwell and – he maybe got a yard or two. And in my head, I was thinking, if you take him out and put DeAndre Swift in that same exact spot, uh, you're probably getting more yardage out of that. Um, just because I don't know what it is if Devon, uh, DeAndre Swift's vision, like he can, he's able to see the field better than Kenny Gainwell, but um, he's just more elusive. And uh, I don't know. I just feel. We definitely need to dial back the Kenny Gamewell experiment right now, at least, uh, because we got some bigger games coming up in the year. And uh, the kind of the softer spot of our schedule is starting to wind down and become a little bit tougher opponents. And uh, if you want to win these games, you got to have your playmakers and your star players on the field at all times. But to transition into the offensive line, uh, I think they played a pretty good game against, especially against this defensive front. Because hats, I'll give hats off to Washington there. Uh, to me, they probably have the best four starting four. The best starting four, right? I don't know. Ours, ours matches up pretty well against them. Uh, our defensive line and their defensive line. Our starting four, I would probably – if you're just basing it off starting four, I would probably give it to Washington. They probably have a better starting four defensive line than we do. Um, but we just have so much depth behind them. Our defensive line as a whole is just way better because that's their problem. Their, their starting four is great, but the guys they bring in after are not great and they're not very good. Um, so once you, if you're able to wear them down, you – you should be able to beat them pretty easily when it comes to running the ball and pass protection. But uh, to give a little bit of light on one key player, um, I was actually really impressed with Sue Opeta coming in into the game, replacing Cam Jurgens. Uh, seemed like he held his own fairly well against Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. Tough um, matchup. Very tough matchup to come into. And that was the game that I was – this is the game that I was very concerned for Cam Jurgens. <laughs> I was like, uh, it's probably not going to be the greatest game from him. But he held his own while he was still in. Uh, unfortunately, went down with a foot injury and um, left the locker room in a walking boot after the game. So, I mean, that's never a great sign. But, I mean, at least he wasn't leaving it on crutches or nothing like that. So, um. <clears throat> 
it's going to be interesting to see what they do right there. Uh, it makes me almost curious if they activate Tyler Steen at all and have him play like a backup role or – I'm not real sure what they do there. But I'm going to say something that might be controversial. I I didn't see much drop-off between Cam Jurgen and Sue Opeta. Um, I think, in all honesty, I would be okay if Sue started. It, yeah. It wouldn't bother me. It, it Sue, he's, he's started before. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like 2020 season, like the year that Jalen maybe took over at the end towards there. And I think maybe even been a year before that, Sue actually had to play a lot of games and had to start a handful of games. And I didn't ever think he did bad. If if you're not getting talked about as an offensive lineman, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, well, it is. <laughs> unless you're like a tackle, like left tackle or right tackle or something like that, and, and commentators are complimenting what you're doing, uh, if you're not getting talked about, that's probably a good thing because that means you're not letting up a sack or any pressures. So, Yeah, I just – you know, like, like we said – Beginning of the season, uh, before the season started, actually, it was like there's always like a little concern with two undersized linemen being right by each other. Um, and, you know, Sua, it makes it makes that that worry kind of kind of fade away. And maybe him and Cam are, you know, equal when it comes like skill wise. But like at the end of the day, the the undersized worry is always going to be there. It's just it's just going to happen, um, yeah. especially whenever you go against a dominant you know D tackle. Um, and then we got Aaron Donald next week, so mm-hmm. we'll see what happens there. Um, but overall, great great job by the offensive line. I think they allowed what one one or two sacks. I can't remember. Uh, three sacks. Three. Cam Cam Curl, Jonathan Allen, and then Chase Young. Uh, Chase Young just absolutely bullied Jordan Mylott. That's the one I remember. Yeah, he ran right by him, and that's that's the one that is sticking out in my head. Yeah. Uh, Looked like he just got out of his stance quicker than Jordan Mailata did, <laughs> and Jordan just couldn't recover. But um, hats off to Washington. Uh, I give them credit where they deserve. Um, they kind of they're very very fortunate that Chase Young is back healthy because that makes that defense a lot scarier than it already is. Um, I was always a fan of Chase Young coming out of coming out of college. I was kind of hoping some way the Eagles could get him, but uh, never did happen. But um, yeah, they're very fortunate that he's healthy, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Montez Sweat because I don't think he'll be back next year. I don't think there's no way that they could pay him. Um, but I don't know. I know offensive line did a pretty good job today. Uh, that that pretty much wraps up the the uh the office portion um, of this review episode. Um, is there anything else I could think of that I wanted to that I want to talk about before move on the defense? Uh, so Jalen did good, running backs did good, wide receivers had a. I mean, obviously the top two had a had a game. Um, I think Jalen made some pretty impressive throws. I know his stat line looks really good, but, like, if you break down and actually watch some of his throws and that he was making, he was throwing into some tight-ass windows. And... What was that What was that throw where he threw the he threw it <clears> and then I believe, like, there was a linebacker that was, like, stretching his arms out, missed it, and there was – I think there was, like, a safety. That was that was the throw to uh, Zacchaeus on third and 11. Like, fit it right in between them. And – uh that that's the one that's sticking out in my head. I was like, "Holy shit, what a throw!" <laughs> my girlfriend was sitting next to me. She was like, "Why are you so excited about that throw?" I was like, "Because you guys see that." I was like, "There's a handful of people in this world that can only make that throw." <laughs> and no, it was it was very impressive. And like the one they had in the first quarter, that uh, it was like an RPO to Dallas Goddard, and Dallas ran a slant. And kind of threw it behind Dallas, but that was the only place that he could throw it. And he got that ball out quick, and it barely got over the top of Jamin Davis's hand. Like I'm, like his fingertip almost touched the wall. I was like, dude, that is insane. That's that's one thing about Jalen. He's very accurate. I mean, he's a very accurate quarterback. Biggest thing was coming out of college is like his arm strength 
and can he can throw throw the ball consistently? But I don't know. He's he's taking a massive step. I know that. Yeah, and you know this, and like I said last week, I don't know if it was with you or if it was with Josh, but you know Jalen is this calm, cool, collected type guy, and you think nothing phases him. But at the end of the day, we're all human, and you know we're all affected by outside noise, whether we try to block it out or not. We're going to hear something's going to sneak in and you want to hear it. Getting a little bit of confidence is what I feel like Jalen needs is just saying, Hey, you know, hey, you, you still do it. You know, I know the first couple of weeks have been bad. People have been taking away your deep shots that you want to throw, but seeing him throw that ball to AJ felt good. Seeing him throw mm-hmm. that ball to Devontae felt good. And yeah. then just like these, these little, like that, the sideline ball to AJ was a, Oh, that my Dallas God. Goddard pass, a beauty. That Alameda Zacchaeus pass, beauty. Like, he has it. Yeah. It's just I feel like something, something's off, and I, I, it has to be – I'm chalking up as something mental at this point because there are times where he stays in the pocket and he shouldn't be in the pocket. He should, he should dip. And there's times where he leaves the pocket and yeah, he should stay in the pocket. That's one of the bigger ones that I've seen. It's like I almost feel like he's abandoning the pocket way – a lot more than he did last year at the start of the year. And I feel like it's getting him in trouble sometimes because, like, he's he's running a – it's almost like he's running away from his receivers. And I understand your receivers are – they're supposed to go with the quarterback when in scramble drills and stuff like that. But if you're completely running away from the route concepts, you're taking away – almost any kind of throw that you have. And I feel like that's what a lot of it is kind of happening right now Um, because they'll show some replays of it and they'll be like, oh, this guy was wide open or this guy got open later in the the route. But, I mean, if anybody's ever played football, you could understand from an eyes of a quarterback, uh, you just can't (laughs) – you can't see everything. And so – but at the same time, um, I'm glad he's not taking these sacks and taking these hits. Uh, but there is times where I feel like he is jumping out of the pocket a little too, a little too early. But uh, that's that's also stuff you can clean up. It's 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 not things that are drastically a problem right now, obviously, because I mean we're we're four and zero. It's not like we're one and three or two and two or nothing like that. Um, we're winning games. Yeah, it's we're still winning football games. And that's what I was going to say. It's not like we're the Bengals right now. And it it's like Joe Burrow can't figure it out. It, it seems like – I don't know what's going on with him, if it's the hamstring that's bothering him or what's going on. Yeah, it's something. I I can't I, – I don't know what's going on with that team. But there's no reason for that team to get their ass beat by the Titans like they did today. I don't think the Titans are that great of a team. I think the Bengals are a lot years better than them. But it didn't look like it today. <laughs> Titans always won word games, though. Yeah. That's that's the only thing with the Titans. Um to wrap up the offensive part, um the one thing he did bring up is like he dipped out of the pocket. There's a lot of plays where he'll dip out of the pocket and he's throwing he's going like the opposite way where he'd have to throw across his body. Um he'd roll out he'll roll out to his left, and obviously, if you are right-handed and you roll to your left, uh, you have to like turn your body and mm-hmm. throw it. It's just never going to work out. Not in NFL setting, unless you are some absolute elite passer. Even yeah. those guys don't make. Those have throws. like incredible arm strength, like yeah. stupid arm strength. Yeah, so like you know, you'll see him roll it to his left, and you're like, "Well, this plays over because nothing's going to come out of it." Um, there will be a time where he he sets his feet and throws it downfield. It'll be it'll be a special play, but. Um, you know, there's that, and the last thing I'll say is, it almost looks like he's uh, he's slower this year. Um, but I feel like he's been taught. And they probably bashed him and said, "Hey, you, you know, we pay you a lot of money now. Um, don't he's take a little bit more here. cautious." Yeah, and so like he'll slide, and I'm like, Man, this, like last year Jalen would have would have tried to truck somebody. <laughs> um, you know, and it's 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 kind of sad in a way, but. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Um, as long as as long as we win games and it's not it's not losing us games, I don't care. Um, but 
that's that's the offense. Uh, if, on a on like a like a, a school grade scale, like you know, obviously F A plus. You know, what would you give the offense today? Um, A minus. I'd give him an A minus. Um, because I mean, it's hard to. <laughs> It's hard to – because I'm trying to think of some flaws that they had today, but they're hard to find, which is a good thing. I mean, that's that's a good thing. They obviously didn't play to the best of their capabilities that we know that they can play at, but they played enough – they played well enough to get this win. And it, it was a lot more exciting than previous weeks. So, Yeah, you're right there, uh, especially because there's – because we're accustomed to big splash plays. and. We haven't really had one besides, well, let's see. Did Devontae have a big splash play in week two against the Vikings? Yeah. Uh, had the, he had Touchdown. two, actually. He had, a, he had one in the first quarter, that jump ball, caught it, and then he had the touchdown. It just seems like they're, it's, 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 they're less um, – they're not, they're not, you know, there – like they were last year so you know see him as it feels like it's like oh man you get all you feel all good inside and you know you just don't expect it um but uh you know my grade uh i was going to hover on the b plus a minus territory as well um just because you know if we got to see flashes of brilliance i feel like brian johnson's kind of finding his stride uh he's working out the kinks and I predicted this way back when, you know, I said that we would have struggle just because there was change and it wasn't going to be this, this smooth, like seamless transition. Um, and we see that now. So, um, I will say this, the offense was clicking whenever the defense could get like stops and we get the ball back pretty quickly. We're already in rhythm. You know, Ron Johnson's in the kind of still in his rhythm. And so we could we could like start firing on all cylinders once we got the ball back. Um, so yeah, I'd be B plus eight minus for me. Um, before we go to the defense, I want to talk about this. The refs were dude. That horrendous. was literally what I was just thinking in my head. Oh, they my. were horrible. Sure, that Darius Slay thing you can call it if you want it, but ninety percent of the refs are not calling that. Yeah. Um. The uh, the Landon Dickerson offsides. Not or Deron Payne or whoever it was had his had fucking his hand, hand underneath the ball, underneath the ball, and <laughs> touching helmets with Jason Kelsey. You gotta be kidding me! What else happened? The James uh, Bradbury holding. What oh, the yeah, fuck was that? There was there was nothing, and then, that gave that gave me PTSD to the Super Bowl. I was like, oh my god! There was nothing, and then on top of that. The commentators, Daryl Johnston and I forgot his name already. Wasn't there? Joe Davis. Joe Davis. Joe Davis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're awful. They were awful. It was not a fun experience <laughs> to watch the game at home because they were like, oh, look, Brandon Graham with a sack. Or no, like Jalen Gra- Jalen Carr with a sack. And it was like fucking Brandon Graham that made it <laughs> happen or whatever it was. It was like, come on, man. And it's then they hard. said, they said the one that stood out to me. Was DeAndre Swift was running? Jason Kelsey was downfield. Daryl Johnson spits out and says, "Travis Kelsey, Travis number Kelsey, 62. Yeah. I'm like, "What are what you is talking? going on up there, <laughs> man?" But yeah, the rest were awful, and I, you're going to hear that a lot probably from any podcast you listen to that oh, dude. have uh, like I, fans of teams. Yeah, you're going to hear. On, it. I seen on Twitter one of the Eagles pages. He was like, he was he was talking about dude like. Don't let the Eagles win take away from the fact he was like, dude, in all of my 30 years of watching football, I have never seen an officiating crew try to take away a win from a team. Cause yeah. it was like, it was some of that shit was blanking. I mean, it, you, they show the replays of it. And I'm like, where are, where are you calling it? the Darius Slay slant? That pissed me. That was one that pissed me off more than anything. Dude, that is blanket coverage, dude. Like that, that ball was not should have never him. really been. No, he didn't hook him. No, first of all, probably should have never been thrown. Because I don't know if I'm a quarterback and I see that, I'm like, that read's taken away. I I'm not throwing that. It's knowing the player that's 
covering in Darius Slay, a very good corner still in his age. I'm I'm not throwing that. And but that flag was egregious, dude. I was like, what are you saying to throw that? That was bad. And also the Nicholas Morrow hold was bad. It yeah. like like they were saying in the broadcast, I I don't I didn't agree with a lot of things they were they were saying in that broadcast, but this wasn't this was important. It was like we're not giving up a lot of, a lot of penalty yards, but like holding pass interference. They were in big spots too. Like and then that throw or throw Edmonds, uh roughing the or like un, un, or what was it called? Unnecessary roughness. Yeah. You cannot he, call that. Yeah, what is he supposed to do there? You cannot call that. You want him to hold up and let the quarterback just be like, oh, he can't hit get me. The first, so like, get the first down. There is no way you can call that. Pretty sure Jimmy Kimsky tweeted that out and was like, dude, that is the most horseshit call I've ever seen in my life. Because as a defender, what are you supposed to like? What are you supposed to? And you then, are taught to stop from a first spe- down. Speaking of that, the Logan Thomas catch where Terrell Edmonds also got the – the, like the necessary roughness. roughness. What are you supposed to do? <laughs> he lowered his head so he wouldn't hit the head, and then Logan Thomas, yeah, of course, concussion prone player wants to lower his head too. Like, come on, what are you supposed yeah. to do? There's nothing yeah. you can do in that situation. This is it's, this is awful. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, that I never want to play in a 12, 12 slot game again. If that's going to be my officiating crew, absolutely yeah. not, dude. That shit was terrible. I didn't understand some of the stuff that they were – dude, okay, so I understand the intentional grounding. I get it. Yeah. AJ, it was miscommunication. But I still – I still think that there's officiating crews that's in this league that don't throw that flag. I don't think yeah. they throw that. I, I've seen some, that. I mean, I've seen it happen before, and it, it wasn't called. Yeah. Uh, it's just – I think that's a spot in the game where it doesn't really affect what – the outcome is if you do throw it so i don't think you throw it if 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 that was me and this is completely unbiased aside obviously you know where he's trying to throw the ball you know where he's wanting to throw it there's just miscommunication in the route itself so and in my in my mind i'm not throwing that flag because what is this going to do for the flow of the game for one it's going to fuck it all up I mean, it's just—I—I don't, I don't know. I thought it was a weird, but I can understand. I could under understand why they threw it. I just wouldn't personally throw it myself. Yeah, I mean, by the laws of like the you know the rule, that is intentional ground, sure. But at the same time, it's just—it's like one of those things where it's like you could tell like he was under pressure, and he he thought that his receiver was going to go down there. Um, so. I want to kind of transition this to it's going to kind of transition together. This next topic is how do you feel about that taunting penalty on AJ? Do you think that was horseshit, dude? Uh, dude it that was is the softest. So, dude, that like, is so taunting soft. call ever. Oh my God. I've seen. Okay. So let me date back to last year. The Steelers game. That AJ was taunting. Hit, that was that, taunting. <laughs> I can understand pointing at him, pointing at him. Yes, it's taunting. Or the second touchdown he had where he caught it on both of them, gave him the too little, you're like, you too small. They didn't throw a flag on that one. And he was staring at Minka Fitzpatrick when he did that and let him know you are too little. I could understand that that's taunting, but he sat the ball on the ground in front of him and took off running. Did what he, are we doing? Did he say bitch? He was like, hey, you go bitch. <laughs> and they heard it, like, oh, shit, got to call that one. Yeah. There's no way. That, he's like, yeah. he, he placed the ball down all nicely. And ran away. It's not like he, he stepped over him or, or like, like spiked it on top of him or something. Or like, like smacked him with the head with the ball. Like, here you go. <laughs> or stu- or you know? just stood and stared at him for a minute. No, he didn't do none of that. that he was sat stupid. it down and ran off. That but was that so was, stupid. In my mind, when I initially watched the replay, that was the first thing that came to mind. I was like, there had to be officials standing close, and he called him a soft ass bitch or something. Yeah. And it's your way to blow boy. I'm long on to that. Because, yeah. like, they were like, oh, they called it. They called the penalty on TV. They called the penalty. They didn't show a replay. Didn't show a replay. Finally, show the replay. I was like, oh, that's it. I'm like, that's it. Like, come <laughs> on. Like, they, do, they do that in like Little League. And, you know, this <laughs> like, hey, place the ball right down, you know? But, yeah. But I played uh, football, you know how many times I did that to people? It never had done call on me. Uh, oh my god. Uh but that brings me up to the my, my next point is 
so the broadcast were, was like very upset with the call to go deep and try to score a touchdown there. Obviously, look at it like hindsight wise, you know, you're like, oh, okay, well, they scored a touchdown anyway. You know, you could have just kind of ran the clock down. And but in also go. hindsight, as a team, you have enough faith in your defense to get a stop there for one. You should, at least. I can, I mean, I know the score was a lot and we gave up a lot of points, but I really don't think the defense played that bad of a game. Great transition, by the way. Yeah, I really don't think they played that bad of a game. Um, I thought the one thing I did not like was that shell coverage shit that reminded me so much of Jim Schwartz that it almost made me sick, bro. Oh, my God, it made me sick to watch. Yeah, but. What was sickening about that was they had like six yards to go and they're playing 10 yards off the ball. What are we doing? (laughs) What are we doing? Math is not math in here. And then nobody was guarding the pylon. They just, and Josh Job is just sitting on the inside. Like, of course you throw it to the outside. It's going to be a catch for a touchdown. What are we doing? But let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Let's talk about the D-line real quick. D-line. About uh, that. Yeah. Go for it. (laughs) Didn't mean to take it from you. Uh, but th- there's just one thing I wanted to point out because it, it ties into both defensive line and the secondary. The defensive line had a whopping 32 pressures today and had what? Three to, well, Nicholas Morrow had three, three. sacks himself. Uh, they had defensive line had two sacks. Yeah, the defensive line themselves had two sacks. You have 32 pressures, and you generate two sacks out of the defensive line. That's bullshit. That falls on the pass coverage is exactly what that falls on. And it was absolutely the shell zone defense is what was causing that. If I am Sean Desire, I have to look myself in the mirror and be like, okay, this is what I have as a defensive line. This is a defensive line that had seventy over 70 sacks last year, and only one of those notable players left. And you replaced it with a ninth overall pick, who is probably still, was mine. still out of still after this game where he didn't generate that like a, a good a game as he has. Is probably still your defensive rookie of the year. Is probably, let's be real here, probably in close runnings with defensive player of the year. I mean, he's up there. Um, and then you still are returning every other player that you have on your defense. I am lining up in man coverage and saying, "Go get him," and we're we're pressing, making it hard on them, and. Because that, I mean, that's what it's got to be at this point. I'm so sick of getting on Twitter and looking at Jalen Carter had six pressures, no sacks. Josh Sweat today, nine pressures, career high, nine pressures. Um, Hassan, yeah, Hassan Reddick, shit ton of pressures, which he looked actually really good today. He looked more explosive today. Yeah, looked more explosive today than he has in any other game this this year so far. Which I also think it's probably the cast. I I could see where that was being a problem, but like he said, there's no excuse for it. Um, but yeah, there's no there's no there's no possible way that you have 32 pressures in a game and you have two sacks from your defensive line from it. Yeah. Um. The the problem. Problem I had is like we have like this awesome defensive line again going up against Washington's like subpar offensive line, and so if you play six yards, seven yards off the ball, they're going to take what you give them, right? Yeah. And so like that's what they did. That's exactly what they did. They took what we gave them, and so they would. So we could have this. We have this great defensive line, but if we only. We can't guard somebody, and we can press. We can't press anybody. We're not going to get these sacks that we want. Yeah, and so like it's not on the DBs. It's the scheme, right? 
because like there's so much you can, there's only so much you can do playing six yards off the ball, seven yards off the ball. If they run a curl, guess what? Catch every time because Sam Howell's looking exactly like for it. He's looking for it. Mm-hmm. It's an easy read, like pre snap. And so that's my biggest issue. D line, I feel like they had a great game. Um, I think let me read the top five leaders in pressures today. Josh Sweat, nine. Hassan Reddick was seven. Brandon Graham was six. Fletcher Cox with four. And Jalen Carter with six. There's got to be a sack in here somewhere, dude. <laughs> I mean, multiple sacks need to come from that. Um, did you see Fletcher Cox uh, push down somehow? That was fun. Shove the shit out of him. That was fun. <laughs> um, I will say this. A lot of times when I was, I was watching Jalen Carter, and like I've said repeatedly, is whenever Jalen Carter gets in the game, Jordan Davis gets in the game, he's got he's got to watch. Yeah. Um, it seemed like a lot of times he would, he would like try to be the lowest man, but then they would like push him on the ground. And he yeah, would there was the a couple times where they were just like clubbing him and shoving him to the ground. But I, one thing I have noticed from him is, dude, I don't know how he gets so many pressures and gets to the quarterback so good because from. Because you know me, and we've talked about it before. I I'll strictly watch trench trench work. It like offense and defensive line. My eye is like fixated to the line of scrimmage every time. Jalen Carter seems like he has absolutely no pass rush moves. It's either a club or or a, or a swim, yeah. or and if neither of those work the first time, he's just gonna reset his hands and shove your ass backwards. Yeah. I don't like. I don't get. I don't, I don't understand how he has so many pressures sometimes. I mean, he's, he just has to be one of the strongest individuals ever. I don't – for him to get so many pressures off of, like, my first initial move, it doesn't work. You're like, oh, shit. Now I'm just bull rush this dude straight backwards. Yeah. Uh, it, it is funny because it does seem like he will reset and then just start pushing people backwards. Um, but, you know – to wrap up the line, good on Hassan Reddick for getting a sack finally. It's nice to see him do his little celebration, you know, and obviously the, the Joshua one's good. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to see them. Hopefully, at some point this year, they can all kind of eat. Yeah. Um, But let's let's move on to the linebackers. Uh, Zach Cunningham and Nicholas Morrow. Let me tell you something. There might be a linebacker controversy in Philadelphia. I love them. Yeah, I love I, them. I do, too. <laughs> they There's, play they play with a lot of passion is what I'm saying. Like they play with a lot of passion and a lot of heart. Before you continue, that that Zach Cunningham, I think it was Curtis Samuel, where he ran by him and he grabbed him by the back of the jersey <laughs> and was like, nah, pulled, where are you where are you going? <laughs> yeah, it just pulled him straight backwards. That's, that's a tough gr- tackle. That's a that's tough just, tackle. So they even talked about the commentators the commentators. They're like, what grip strength by Zach Cunningham? To have a guy having Full forward momentum, and then you're just grabbing him and stopping it, and then pulling him back to you to the ground. That is incredible. That you just have to feel so vulnerable as a grown man. <laughs> you're like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah. he, he's tossing you by his shirt. By yeah, his shirt, and he, he's tossing on the ground. That, is, that was crazy. Yeah. Um, pretty, so did Zach lead the team in tackles today? I think that Zach at thirteen. Of, yes, uh, Zach at thirteen. Yeah. The next two were Nicholas Morrow and Darius Slay with eleven. Darius Slay had 11 tackles today. 11 tackles, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, That's not good. <laughs> like, so I tweeted this out on both accounts because let me tell you something. Uh, for the people listening, I'm absolutely hammered and I don't know how I'm doing this podcast right now. Uh, I am focused right now. I am locking it in. But I tweeted this on both accounts because I was like, oh crap, I tweeted on the wrong account. So I switched it up. How can you take Nicholas Morrow out of the lineup when the Kobe Dean comes in? He is playing out of his mind. He had 11 tackles, three three sacks, three tackles for losses. Like you, you can't you can't replace Zach Cunningham neither. He's because he's great against the run and he's a great tackler. Like there, yeah. like it is gonna be so hard to put Nicobe Dean in. Nicholas Morrow is by far my favorite player right now to watch. I, <laughs> I don't know why he is. I hate him, I hate him so much at training camp. Yeah. He is. He is so good. And it, he is. I seen something, a, a tweet that just described it perfectly. Um, they were like, it is so prominent, and you can definitely see that Nicholas Morrow is just a gamer. He is not a practice player. 
at all because they were like, what the hell? They were like, he was so bad in training camp and, and OTAs and stuff like that. Like they were saying, they were like, he was awful. And there was like, now he gets into games and I don't understand how the fuck he got cut because yeah. of Christian Ellis. Like that doesn't make sense. But he he's definitely like he has to be just a straight up gamer. He's like one of those Allen Iverson. We talking about practice type of players. Like I don't know, man. It's it's yeah. it is so fun to watch. What makes me sad is I know neither one of them is going to get another contract. They're not going to get extended. I don't think because it makes it seem like because in obviously I guess when you're like Howie. You bring these guys off the street. What makes you think somebody else can't do it, like off the street? But I don't know. I love to watch them play. It's, uh, it's very cool. I think Nicholas Morrow could get another contract here. Um, I feel like I don't know what they're going to do when the Kobe D comes at, come back. But you know how they tell you whenever running backs um, they get small when they go through a hole. Nicholas Morrow does the exact same thing as a <laughs> He sees a hole, he'll hit it, and he'll just he'll get he'll get small, and he'll he'll squeeze through the line, and he'll be running free. Um, watching him and Zach Cunningham blitz the quarterback is phenomenal to watch. It's so fun to watch because uh, you know Zach Cunningham isn't as fast as Nicholas Morrow, but Zach Cunningham gets there. He gets Zach there Cunningham has some hit power too. Like he takes on blocks, and he will knock people back that probably weigh fifty pounds. 50 to 60 pounds heavier than he does, knocked them completely backwards. Like, because I I went back and watched the safety from last week's game. First of all, Nicholas Morrow, like you're talking about, got skinny through a hole and completely blew that shit up. And then I watched what Zach Cunningham did, and he – I'm dude, it's been so long since I've actually seen a linebacker do this. Just read, react – and realize that the only thing standing between you and the running back is some is a guard. And he ran straight through this dude and lowered his head and just bull rushed him, just straight through him, knocked him completely on his ass. And I was like, dude, that is the football I grew up and loved to watch. Like, that's what made me fall in love with this sport. Yeah, and then, you know, you look at Zach Cunningham, there's this run, I believe, in like the third or fourth quarter, I think it was Antonio Gibson, where he he was running to the outside, and Zach Cunningham stood him up, and he didn't give up any yards. He took him to the, to the out of bounds. You know, he it, it was like a good twenty yards. He was just fighting; they're just fighting each other, but he didn't get any yard off of it. Zach Cunningham's phenomenal. Uh, pass coverage obviously shaky, but he he's a he was a great pickup. Um, definitely an underrated pickup by Howie. Um, he's playing out of his mind. Hopefully, he stays healthy because uh, him and Nicholas Morrow. They took a huge question mark at linebacker and turned it into like a solid piece. Yeah. And that's all we could have asked for. Um they've but, they've they've played well beyond expectations, is what I could say. Yeah. Uh Nicholas Morrow could earn a Pro Bowl spot. Um uh, in all honesty, he could. Three sacks as a linebacker, an off ball linebacker, crazy. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Uh especially for this team and this game. He's gotta work on a sack celebration. I he will does. say that. He, well, he probably didn't expect to have three sacks. <laughs> yeah. This entire but, year. Yeah. He probably didn't. I mean, uh, I think somebody tweeted out the last off ball linebacker for the Eagles to have more than two sacks or two sacks or more was Michael Kendricks in like 2013. So it's been, it's been 11 years, 10 years. Um, but yeah, linebackers. Awesome. Uh, do you think Nicole Dean's want to get the spot back whenever he comes back or how do you think it's going to play out? We, we do have one more week with both of them, for sure. And yeah. then week six, who we play week six? Is that the Jets? I think it's the Jets game. Oh, buddy. Okay. Uh, week six will be whenever Nicobe can come back if he's healthy. Um, Let me look and see who we play week six. I think it's the, I think it's the Jets, and it's the Dolphins, yeah. and then it's, it's the, the Jets. Commanders. It is. Yeah. Yeah. That exact order. Um, one thing I am a little scared of, Cooper Cup might come back next week, which is shaky, but don't care. Um, 
Nicobe Dean. I I don't know. To me, know. there's no way you can play him right now. The way them two are playing, there's no way you can shake that shit up. Do you, Just do you think, to my knowledge. Do you think I it's think. more likely to – so, like, let's say they do put Nicobe Dean back into the game. Do you think it's more likely that – Zach Cunningham gets benched, or do you think it's Nicholas Moore that gets benched? I think it might be Zach Cunningham, but God, I don't want to see that, dude. I don't want to see either. Like, he, he's so good against the run, and that's the thing is like the Kobe Dean and Zach Cunningham are pretty much the same player. They're good against the run, and they're good at blitzing, but they're not great against pass coverage. Whereas Nicholas Morrow is very serviceable in cat at pass coverage. So like it's like I don't know what to do here. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh just just cut Christian Ellis at this point. Yeah. Not we don't have a need but, for you, bud. But uh, you know he's great on special teams. But... Stay solid. <laughs> I was about to say stay solid on special teams is about all I can ask. Uh, but yeah, you know, like I said, linebacker was a concern. Now it's it feels okay. Um, move on to secondary. Uh okay, secondary. Uh, cornerbacks. I feel like played good. Maybe outside of Josh Job. Josh Josh Job. Uh, had his moments where he like that. He had a tough second, time. That second back shoulder fade pass they tried to do where he broke it up, phenomenal. Uh, the rest of the game, shaky. Um, I do think he's – I think he's okay. Um, yeah. I don't I don't think you can go into the rest of the year with him as your outside cornerback uh, and James Bradbury as the slot cornerback. I think that we have to make a trade at some point um, for a slot guy. Um, but Darius Slay had a, had a decent game. Um like Darius Slade's been solid all, solid all year. Plus, he had 11 tackles, which is crazy for, for a cornerback. Uh, especially for Darius Slade. Darius Slade doesn't want to make a tackle. He doesn't, no. he doesn't want to do it. But he did it. Um, got hurt. Uh, missed, missed one play, I think. Then got back out there. Uh, James Bradbury had a solid game. Boy, let me tell you something. Let me tell you who didn't have a good game. Um, this guy stinks, and I can't wait for him to not be on the team anymore. I feel like he's going to be gone some at some point. Um, Terrell Edmonds. So let me think of some a couple plays that he he messed up on. Uh, that that easy pick in the end zone. Let me tell you, could have picked it. We could have had a. We could it could be blown. Up. It could have been blown at that point. Um, he picks it off and we start we start moving the ball downfield. Um, there was a time where he had a sack and he just didn't. He's like missed. He whiffed. Terrible. You can't. You cannot miss a sack with a safety. You're too athletic. You're supposed to be too athletic and too skillful to not get that sack. Uh, then there was where else? He had obviously two big penalties. Um, overall, not a good game for him. Not a good game for him. As, and you know, coming into the season, you expect a little bit more because he was solid in Pittsburgh. Um, but this give me Justin Evans back. <laughs> you never thought you'd say that. Justin yeah, Evans, never. Back, <laughs> Like, Sidney Brown come back and play the slot so Josh Chope can sit on the bench. <laughs> uh, but uh, in all seriousness, Josh Chope does need these reps because who knows he might be the starting cornerback next year uh, at this point. Yeah. So he, I don't think he's bad. I think he's learning. And I think that that last play was awful because you have seven other guys on the inside. Why are you going the inside or the outside? Um, but Reed had a good game. Um, and he's becoming a star. For a very own eyes. Yeah. Uh, he might – he could very well end this year as being one of the top safeties in this in the league. I mean, he's playing very, very well. Yes. And it's, well, it's so fun to watch him come downhill and make tackles because, <laughs> like, if he's coming downhill and it's almost like if he gets his hands on you, he's not – you're not breaking that tackle. And – his biggest thing was like kind of being shaky in pass coverage and understanding zone concepts and stuff like he's that. He's been solid, dude. He's been amazing. Excellent break on the ball. Uh, that play that with Terry McCorn on the sideline sacrificed my man's arm just <laughs> so he could be out of bounds. But I mean, it was. He's he's a very very good safety, and I think he's going to be here for a long long time. Hope he is because he, the fans love him, um, and they've grown to love him too because he's he's so solid and he has like that underdog story where he run drafted from Middle Tennessee State University, uh, and you're you are now starting and you 
more like the centerpiece of this defense. Not really because they're very slight as Bradbury. But at, as far as like the safeties go, you, you're definitely the centerpiece, like your important piece of the defense. And, uh, you know, he stepped up to the challenge. And he's, he's done it. He's played well. Uh, you know, he, he will have a missed tackle here and there. But for the most part, 90% of the time, he's, he's making the tackle. He's going to make the play on the ball like he did today. He almost had a pick. Uh, he did have a kind of a bad angle on that ball. Yeah. Um, but he did, he did okay. Uh, and then there's one last thing I want to talk about. There was that there's that play. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember if you know or I don't know if you remember it. Um, it was so somehow was dropping back, and I can't remember if it was Josh Joe or James Bradbury, and there was nobody on the inside, and all somehow had to do was throw the ball other half the field and it would have been a touchdown but he threw it back on the other side because the cornerback was expecting inside help he said on the outside i think it was james bradbury yeah it was yeah we got we got built out right there mm-hmm. we got out. Uh, but i brought that up because i want to say sam howell's ass um <laughs> and to anybody listening sam howell's ass good luck good luck washington because you'll need a quarterback for years to come um, because he's asked. Um, anything else about the defense you want to talk about before we move on to our Lord and Savior, Jake Elliott? Nope. I like it. Um, I do want to say this. Braden Mann uh, is like Aaron Sipos 2.0. Uh, <laughs> not impressed by you at all, but uh, It's so bad. I see somebody somebody tweeted out, the Eagles just might have to take on the whole Stana punter and let him practice for two – let him – you know, an audition for two weeks, and if he sucks, cut him, bring in another one. Man, at this point, yeah, because he's bad, too. Uh, he's not good. Uh, let's see. Britton Covey had a decent game, three for 30, three for 38, along with 20. I feel like um, he's not getting a lot of love that he deserves. I think Britton's actually been pretty good this year. I mean, I hated him two weeks. You're a hater. Yeah, you're just a hater, dude. Uh, he, he, he won my heart last week, and I look forward to him returning punts. I'm until he fucks up again. Um, but let's talk about this. Jake Elliott. Uh is he the best kicker in the NFL? I think yes. so. Yes. I think so. He is. Uh, I think he I think he may have taken the uh taken the spot from Justin Tucker. And it's nice to follow say he he's finally getting his flowers because he, he's been awesome for us for the past what seven seven years now. Mm-hmm. He's been awesome. Uh he did have like one down year, but ever since Besides that year, he's been got to be at least top five, top three kicker in the NFL. And, uh, you know, we stole him from uh, Cincinnati's practice squad, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, what a still. Uh, he's a weapon, dude. Yeah, he was. Remember his rookie year, he, he kicked uh, a crucial kick in the Super Bowl. Made it. Mm-hmm. Like, what a time. What a time. And yeah. then, what was that, 51-yard field goal for the win? Mm-hmm. Right down the pipe. Right down the pipe. I'm not gonna lie to you. When that ball got up in the air, I was like, "Oh man, this is gonna go right." I was like, oh, "Yeah." But then I saw a hook. I was like, "Oh, we're so good. we're so good." Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was but, a great game. He saved yeah. our ass a couple times in this game. He missed he big kicks. He did. Um, even that kickoff, whenever after the AD Brown taunting uh, penalty was was a pretty big kick because he at least got it to like the five yard line. Yeah, uh, especially after losing 15 yards. Um, but you know, take it's the best kickers in the NFL. That's what I'll have to say. That's my final words on that. Um, yep. the last thing I wanted to talk about, um, before we kind of move on is uh, you think that Terry McLaurin catch, catch, or no catch was actual catch or no? Because I see, I've seen it on Twitter, people are sharing that one screenshot, and I'm sure anybody listening will see it at some point. They're sharing a, a picture in it. So, spoiler alert, that picture that they're sharing, uh, Terry McLaurin's foot is on Reed Blankenship's arm. Um, and so it's above the grass. It's not touching the grass. But from what you saw, you know, on television and throughout, you know, the pictures and stuff, do you think that was a catch or do you think it was a football? Um, my initial reaction when I first seen it, I thought he may have got, like, his toe in, like, the tip of his cleat in. Uh, but uh, I don't know. It was it was definitely the camera angles that they were showing weren't the easiest to they weren't like 
like to determine anything, but um, I don't really have much of an opinion on it. What can what can we do about it now? But, hey, what can we do about it? <laughs> they caught it. That's not a catch. Here's my opinion on it. It wasn't a catch. Uh, I think that from the angles we saw, it definitely looked like his whole foot, like the middle of his cleat, was on Replankenship's arm, and then his toe landed out of bounds. Yeah. Um, there are people that are like, well, there are some people on Twitter that were like, well, isn't his arm part of the field now? Uh, no. So, and they're like, well, that, that's how it should be. It's a terrible rule by the NFL. So you're telling me if the if the tackler is on the ground and he touches you, you should be down because that's what you're saying at this point. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Um, but, you know, people talk about it for a while. Uh, you know, I guess Commanders fans will. Um, but uh, coaching-wise, give them a grade. I know they made some boneheaded decisions. Example, Kenneth Gainwell, third and 11 rush. Um, and then that legal formation, uh, third and one. Um, or they accept the penalty, made third and five, and then we played seven yards off the ball. Um, so give give me your grade for the coaching staff, and then we'll move, we'll, we'll wrap this, this show up. I'll give it like a B minus right now because they, they made some adjustments when they needed to, but they also did not. Like there were some of the things that just weren't working. And uh, I think could definitely do better. And um, but I feel like B minus is pretty solid because I was I'm happy to see what Brian Johnson uh, opened up the passing game a little bit more. Yeah, it looks like he went from like a, like twenty percent of his playbook. He finally opened it up to at least like seventy percent. I know you gotta say some things for different teams and whatnot, but it it was nice to see him not be what I feel like what is like super conservative for once. Um, I'm going to give him a C plus that like, I understand why you, you didn't uh, decline the penalty on that third and one, but you can't decline it and then play so far off where they can just run like a little curl route and then mm-hmm. like a little easy pitch and catch. Yeah. Um, I've seen Dawson. some stuff. On, I've seen some stuff on Twitter. Some people are not happy about the clock management that they had uh, in this game. Regarding, I guess it just starts to what? I guess it was referring to like the two minute uh, drill at the end of the game, at the fourth quarter, where they scored uh, oh, yeah. a, the AJ thing. But at the same time, I'd feel a lot more comfortable with six or with uh, seven than three. But I understand because you're also playing into the possibility of Jake missing as. Crazy that it is to sound, but still, I mean, it is a possibility. But I think you always, I don't know, to me, you always try to go for the win with offense uh, and not rely on – if you're relying on your special teams, it means like you don't really have much faith in your offense. It, that's how I per- perceive it and not how I take it. But I don't know. And speaking of going for the win with your offense, what a terrible decision by Ron Rivera to not go for – the two-point conversion at the end of the game. What a terrible decision. I feel like if you look up any type of analytic, like, like if you're going by analytics and you got your analytic guy in your ear, he's like, well, it says we should go for it. And you choose to kick the, the extra point. That's awful. That's so yeah. bad. Like, you should go for the win and not make us watch over time. That's basically what it is. Um, And honestly, if they went for two, I don't see a stopping them there. I, I really no, don't. Hell no. I think we lose I, that game. I was concerned yeah. that that they were going for it. I was like, oh, shit, we lost. It's and over. The sad, the sad thing was I was expecting a run right up the middle where we're – it just ended like that. But he went he yeah. went for the extra point. Thank God he did. Um, and the Eagles walk out the game 4-0. Uh, to wrap this up, final thoughts. Um, at the end of the day, the Eagles are 4-0. It's not how you play in September and October. It's really how you play in December. January. So as long as the Eagles are improving week by week, I feel like you can't be discouraged to the point where you're like super concerned. Um and so that's why like I'm where I'm at. I may be more optimistic than most Eagles fans. During the game I'm not optimistic at all, but <laughs> when, when you like sit here and reflect about it, yeah. you know, there, it's hard to not be 
optimistic with the the defense. Sure, they struggled today, uh, in some aspects, but I feel like they played good. Um, same with the offense, they struggled, but I feel like they played good. They played better than what they have in the past. Um, and you're not going to get like ten sack performances from your defensive line and your defense in general. It's no. just not going to happen, even though we might be going up against a terrible offensive line. It's just not going to happen. That's and at the end of the day. Uh, it's a divisional matchup, so it's going to be close. It's just how it is. You're always going to play your divisional uh, opponents tougher. Yeah. Um, so just be happy. We're four and zero. We play the Rams next week, who I'm not completely bought into. Um, and we play the Jets, so we have time to figure it out before we, we play our, our tough matchups when it comes to the Dolphins, the Bills, the Cowboys. 49ers, all of them. We got time to figure it out. And the Chiefs, I guess. So like, no, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Um, just be happy with the win. Um, and don't look too deep into it. Otherwise, you're just not gonna feel right. Yep. That's exactly how I feel. So that being said, uh, this has been the uh the link lineup. We will be back uh at some point this week to talk about the uh the, well, the next matchup uh, against the Rams. Thank God it's a four o'clock or three o'clock or two o'clock, one o'clock matchup, depending where you're at. Um, four Eastern, so I'm gonna call it four. Because uh, man, one o'clock was rough today. It was rough. I was happy about it, but I do not like playing one o'clock. Um, but you know, uh, episode fourteen, kind of moving on. We're uh, making it happen. But uh, you know, you can follow me on X at Cardiac Chase. You can follow Bryce. On X at I am Bryce Haynes. Make sure to follow all of our socials um, at the link lineup. If you're listening on any of those streaming sites, uh, give us a review. Um, you know, good one, preferably a good one. Um, that way, you know, we can get out there. It'll, it'll be recommended for other Eagles fans. If you're watching on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe. You know what to do. Uh, but until next time, as always, go birds. Go birds.